When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me this week, while Ryan is on vacation, a man who would know better than to visit a brothel he shouldn't be able to afford, Blake Curran. Justin, thanks for having me back. Yes. Luckily, I don't have any money to go to the <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's that's always a good thing. That if you don't have money, you don't even have to worry about those issues. So that just kind of takes care of itself. So uh, if you've been listening to podcasts... My problems work themselves out. Yes, they do. They, they tend to work themselves out when you have that happen. So uh, if you've been listening to podcasts we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the fourth episode. Of, I'm sorry, the first through third episode of Andor on Disney+. Plus. If you are new or a regular like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can join us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level and when you join up we will shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review while you're there over on Apple. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on air next time we record. All right, we are into a new show. We weren't really sure if we were... We originally planned to do this show after we finished the rings of power and we're still doing the rings of power it will release tomorrow as you're listening to this but uh we decided after watching it uh kind of ran this by ryan and also ran it by blake because he was going to be filling in for him so i wouldn't be prepared for it uh what we're doing is for our patrons this week we're not doing a patron episode this week we're going to be while rings power is not going on we're just going to give you be giving you guys early access to it so you will have early access to this podcast i will upload it as soon as we get done recording everything else that we record and you guys will have access to it early everybody else will get the regular access to it on tuesday so this is how we're doing that because i really felt like we need to get this this one recorded i felt like we needed to start covering this from the beginning because we do have a pretty loyal star wars we do have a pretty good loyal Star Wars audience. Those, those shows typically do bigger. And I was just really intrigued by this show. So let me just, before we get into it, what are some general thoughts you had on these first three episodes of Andor? Yeah, it definitely intrigued me. And, you know, we talked about this before. Um, you know, Star Wars has had uh, an up and down with their franchise as far yes, as the TV shows. Uh, we've had some great ones with The Mandalorian. Uh, all the hype that we had behind Boba Fett kind of fell off a little bit yeah uh i think lb1 was a solid show right. and i was really really nervous about this one uh but the last couple of uh advertisements that they sent out made me feel like they were going to go in a direction that could really take this show somewhere um showing a little bit of the darker side right of the rebellion and how everything's not always kittens and rainbows yeah there's it's not th- there's things that have to get done in order to make the rebellion successful. 
And that can really, really make for an interesting storyline and a great show. And um, we didn't get to see the full side of that in those first three episodes, but you could see the seeds planted. So uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about where this could possibly go. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the where this could go. I'll, uh, I'm kind of with you on pretty much everything you said about Star Wars ever since it's made its transition to television. Mandalorian was fantastic. I absolutely have loved the first two seasons. I can't wait for season three to come out, which I think comes out in February. Mm-hmm. Can't yep. wait for, can't wait for it. We will definitely be covering it when it comes out in February of next year, but very loved it. Absolutely have been enthralled by it ever since it debuted back in November, 2019. Uh, Boba Fett was a disappointment. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, overall, I mean, it was mildly enjoyable, but th- there were a lot of parts of that ju- that just didn't work very well. Right. And Obi-Wan was good. Uh, I thought it was a really good show. There were some, uh, it had some issues that just because of the fact they were addressing, they were addressing, you know, two of the major characters and two of the major characters that would impact the middle trilogy, the beginning trilogy. It they had some hurdles they had to kind of overcome, and I thought they they did a good enough job of it. They did as good as a, a job as I think they could have. But right. this one, you know, I, unlike you, I wasn't really nervous about this one because I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations coming into it. I mean, I saw the the trailers, and the trailers looked amazing. So yes. I was like, I was like, this looks like it's going to be a really good show. But I mean, it's ultimately it's a show about Cassie Andor, who we've seen in one movie. And we didn't get a lot of backstory on him in that one movie that we got because it was so focused on Jyn Erso that I was just like, okay, whatever we get, uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, I'll be fine with it. Uh, I will say this, these just overall impressions of this, these first three episodes, I watched them twice. The first time I watched them, I thought the, I thought the first two were really painfully slow. Uh, yes. That was one Me thing too. that was a little bit difficult to, to come over, overcome, excuse me. And I t- posted about that on Twitter, and some people came back at me and said, well, you just don't understand how story works. You don't understand their setting up. I, I understood all that, but right. it was still hard to get into those two episodes at first. And part of it was I didn't really know where they were going with this show because, you know, we got so much backstory on Janera's show, but we didn't get anything on Andy, on Candor. Huh, I want to say that. I want to screw up his name a lot. On Cassie <laughs> and Andor, I want to call him Andy and Castle or something like that. Uh we got so little backstory in him. It was really, I was like, okay, so what are we going to learn about this? What are we going to figure, what do we have to know about him before we get into this? And I was, like I said, it was kind of, it was kind of boring at first. But once they, but once you, and I knew that what they were doing, they were trying to set up what they were making this show to be. Right. And when I saw what exactly what they were going with, the what the story arc they were going for in episode three is like, okay, this makes sense. And as soon as, Stellan Skarsgård, who plays Luthen in this, and Andor have that conversation in that broken, that rundown building that has all those engines in it. Mm-hmm. I was immediately bought in. It's like, okay, this is what that's I know. It. I know what we're doing now. I, I, I'm yep. going to enjoy this, and that's when I that's when I got it. So uh, let's kind of get into this real quick. This is done. This is written by Tony Gilroy. He is the showrunner for this. He mm-hmm. is the guy who was brought in basically to kind of redeem Rogue One because it was in production disarray for the most part and right. he had to come in and basically salvage the thing and to be honest with you it ends up being in my personal opinion the best film that they've done since disney took over star wars what do you think i thought rogue one was fantastic yes it it, it, it for me it set up all of the the side 
movies mm-hmm. uh, and the and the need for all of them because I wanted a deeper dive mm-hmm. into everything in between uh, the the nine films. I right. wanted to know every single bit uh, because I, I'm you know look my Star Wars fandom. I started you know I was born in '79. Right. First one came out. New Hope came out in '78. It's been my entire life. But I also don't go and read all of the books because right. there's so many of them and they go in so many different directions. So I enjoy it through the film and TV. Um, Rogue One, you know, set it up tremendously. Um, you know, a lot of people really, really didn't like uh, Solo. I actually didn't think it was that bad. No, I thought it was fun. I mean, it was, it was a fun I, I, movie. You know, it was a different take. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, the problem, the, the problem that people have that was. They couldn't get behind what's his name. I don't remember the guy who played who played Han, but he just yeah. they couldn't get behind him playing Han. I understand that, but I, I thought the film it's was not fine. Harrison Ford, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's certain characters that are, are are certain people that are married to certain characters, and you're never going to get over that, right? So I, I'm the same way. One of the things I liked about Rogue One, Tony Gilroy, like I said, he was brought in basically to save to save the movie and to get it corrected. Tony Gilroy came into that film and he was very vocal that he doesn't really care about Star Wars. He has no real connection to it. He doesn't really have any like any deep-seated fan interest in it. So bringing him in was an interesting choice, but I thought it was a good choice because it is outside of Darth Vader showing up. The character the, the heroes of the film are the least connected to the Star Wars universe that of anything that we've ever had and right. bringing him in to be the showrunner to write this show. And he, he even said that he didn't want to do it. He thought it was a mistake to make this, to make this show. And when he was approached by doing the show, he actually like wrote this, he wrote this huge letter to Kathleen Kennedy explaining why he thought this was a mistake to do it. And if you were going to do it, this is what you needed to do. And basically she saw that when she said, okay, well, this is what we need to do. So, okay, you go do that then. And this is the show that he makes is the show that he basically pitched without realizing he was pitching it to her. Uh, and so this is what right. we're going to be getting. It is very much. The only thing that really connects to star Wars are just, you know, some of the looks in terms of the ships, some of, you know, you got laser blasters, you've got stuff like that. You've got the holograms that's connected to Star Wars. You've got alien races, but we, there has been no mention in these first three episodes of Jedi. There has been no mention in these first three episodes of Darth Vader, the emperor. There's been no mention of the force. None of that has been mentioned. This is right. for the most part. Yeah, it has Star Wars on the label and it's going to eventually connect back, but it's it's very much not really a Star Wars story. I think it's one of the strengths of it is they're getting away from the fabled lore of it. Right. No, they they're they're showing uh the uh, everyday life right of the galaxy, right. which is a completely different story from what we're used to seeing and how the rebellion is actually built how things actually happen. Right. And, and, and that, that's a, an interesting, an interesting take to, to really see. All right. Let's kind of get into this, the nuts and bolts of this episode real quick, of these three episodes. So we're introduced in this with this. And when we first get to this planet, and I forgot the name of the planet. I had it in my notes and I forgot Moldoa or something like Maldon, or I can't remember. Uh, it's not really altogether that important what the name of the planet is. But uh, Mor- Morlana one. Morlana. Thank you. I knew it was more something. Morlana one. We are, we get Andor walking down and we don't really know where he is. We don't know what he's doing, but he's walking through these, what is obviously the seedy part of this planet. And he goes into 
what's appears to be a brothel and they come out and say it's a brothel which I, this just kind of blew my mind because yes star wars has never had anything like this in it there has never been i mean it's for the most part it's a sexless show it's a sexless enterprise franchise uh right and to introduce a brothel is like okay well this is interesting i i've never seen something like this in in star wars before but to see the star wars take on a brothel is like okay i i, I kind of like this i kind of like this gritty CD underbelly portion that we're getting, even if I'm like I said, even though I was having a hard time, like just being like truly invested in the story, there were a lot of it that I liked. And uh, on second viewing, I appreciate this even more just because I knew what, what they were going with the story, but we see Andor and he doesn't appear anything like what we remember him from in rogue one. He is kind of bumbling. He doesn't understand. I mean, he's, he's just looking for his sister and we don't know who she is. We don't know where he's where he's been, why he's there, and he doesn't seem to just be real good at like tracking people down. Like he's he's tracked her to this brothel, but she's been gone for a while. So, like I said, I liked all this. What do you think about the introduction to Andor and just this entire uh, planet that he was on? No, it, it it was it was an interesting story. Actually, that very first scene, whenever it came on, it, it, it reminded me of something out of Blade Runner. To yeah, I, first, I'm glad you said that because that was the <laughs> I, first I, I, thing I, I thought was, this looks like Blade Runner. It looks just like Blade Runner. I didn't think it was Star Wars at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so they, they walked in. Um, you could definitely tell that it was uh, earlier on in, in his uh, uh, rebellion career from what we've seen from right. Rogue One because he was getting there, but he was definitely not comfortable with the life yet. Right. Um, you know, it uh, it's it's interesting how quickly he was able to still make choices, but even in ma- even in making those choices, a little bit later on after he, he's out and he's confronted by those those two officers, uh, you know he he wasn't comfortable with the choices that he had to make. You right, can, you can see that. You can see how his character is is building immediately yeah. as we go along with the show. Yeah, uh, one of the things I liked about that introduction, where we get to him, where we see him when he ends up killing those two those two officers for this corporate security place, you can tell that basically what they're trying to set him up as is that he's a loose cannon. Yes, he's got a lot of skill as as a as a potential you know possible killer, as this guy who can possibly do the dirty work that is going to be needed for the rebellion that you know that maybe the people at the at the head of the table can't necessarily do they're trying to set this up but basically he doesn't know the finer points i mean that's what and like i said i was seeing that immediately and i was like okay so where are they going to go with this how are they going to how are they going to rein him in i was struggling with that at first and like i said right. it makes a lot of sense once we get to the the third to, get to once we get to the third episode but yes i was having a hard time seeing you know, like all right how is this guy going to be the guy who is somebody who gets things done because that's what he is in rogue one he's a guy who gets things done you don't ask questions you don't ask him how he's going to do it you tell him he's going to go do something and then you just kind of turn your head away. That that's the guy they're setting up in in Rogue One, and he's not there. He's this guy who's clunky. He, I mean, he is immediately uh, tracked down basically by this corporate security place. They they tag him as uh, they tag him as a possible suspect, especially once Tim gets involved. Uh, right. But like I said, they're doing a really good job of setting up as this loose cannon, and he doesn't. Even though he's not there to help the rebellion at this point, he's just looking for a sister. You can see that he has some skills, but somebody's going to have to figure out 
somebody's going to have to show them what to do and how to hone those skills, and that's what we're, that's what we're getting at. Uh, one of the other characters that one the best introduction on this though, I love this character so much. I've never thought I would like them going down this road in Star Wars, but when they introduce Cyril, who is played by Tom, <laughs> what is his name? Tom, I had his name up. Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle Solar. When they Kyle in- Solar, yeah, when they introduce Cyril. I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic because what they're doing is they're basically setting up two screw-ups because Cyril is a screw-up, to yep. say the least. Uh, he, they're setting up two screw-ups who are going to... because I really They don't really say this in the three episodes that we get for, for Cyril, but it really feels like they're both about to be molded into something far greater than what they start off to be because I really feel like the Cyril's about to yes. become much more intimidating and much more... He's going to be so driven by what happens here on this planet that he's going to become a much greater threat by the time we get to the end of this season. Look, I don't know if he's going to be around for all for both seasons of this because there's supposed to be two seasons of, of of this show of 24 episodes. I don't know how long we're going to get him, but I really feel like we're going to get a much fiercer, much more intimidating version. And I could be totally wrong because he's only listed on IMDb for three episodes. But like I said, I could be totally wrong about that. But that may just be the fact they're only showing him for two episodes, the three episodes so far. So, but like no, said, that, that's that's exactly the same way that I've felt that you know he's strong stuck in this belief that you know two officers were killed were going after him but he's he he's just too dumb for his own good that yeah. he's gonna keep going after this and there's gonna be just enough people around him to just push him along and keep pushing him along and uh, you know especially uh especially his right hand man um uh, uh sergeant costa sergeant costa played by alex Ferns. That's it, Alex Burns. Um, that just keeps pushing him and telling him to step up and telling him to step up, and he's going to have these real hard nosed guys, even though he's not one. Right. It's just going to keep on pushing him, and eventually it's going to take him somewhere. Now, how far that is, we don't know, but I, I get the same exact feel. Yeah, because I mean, the the idea is he is so he is so immersed in his job, and he is so he is so committed to being part of this corporate security, which like I said, I, I'll I'll be honest. I never thought we could get a more incompetent law enforcement group on a star Wars show than the, (laughs) than the stormtroopers. but the the blues that we have for this corporate security, they, they are far more incompetent, but like I said, his boss, like I I don't know who his boss was, uh, the guy who ends up leaving, uh, when he ends up leaving, he tells him, no, you're going to let this go. We're going to, we're not going to deal with this. Uh, these guys, they shouldn't have been at this brothel. Brothel. They shouldn't be able to afford to be at this brothel. And we're going to leave this alone. We're going to say they were. It was an accident uh, that they got into a fight with somebody they shouldn't have gotten into a fight with, because we need to make it appear that crime is on on the downside, not going up. And we don't have our, two of our own people getting killed because the empire doesn't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Right. That, that makes us look bad. And he just can't let it go. He can't let it go. So when he's given basically command of of the force after this guy leaves, he's he starts pursuing it like he shouldn't. And he's going to be kind of the one responsible for turning Andor into the Republican to the rebellions. You know, their their havoc producer. He's going to be kind of the one responsible for it because he just wouldn't let it go. Right. And you know, also at that point, that 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 was one of the. Uh, uh, funny things that I thought about that episode is you could see uh, at this point in time and, and uh, Cassian, you know, talks about it later on in the third episode with, right. with Luthen, uh, the, how the empire has gotten fat. And right. you see that right there in that episode, how 
they're, you know, want to be laid back, don't want to have any problems, right. don't want to have any issues, uh, but you're still going to have these different pockets yeah. that want to enforce their power and want to go after everybody. It's it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, and what, well, they presented an interesting dynamic just between his boss and him because his, his boss, you know, right. he's kind of got this, you know, this, his uniform is kind of sloppy looking. It doesn't fit him just real well. And his boss even comments on, on Cyril's, you know, where he says, did, did you have adjustments made to it? And he says, you know, <laughs> right. he, he put these pockets into it and he had it tailored so that it would fit more form fitting and be much more of a, you know, a, a well-kept look because he wants to, because that produces a, just this idea, if you have somebody in a uniform, especially in law enforcement, and they have a, a well-fitting uniform, it's, yep. it's that respect thing that he's trying to garner because he can't necessarily garner it on just his own authority. And that's one of the things that's just so fascinating about this character. Like I said, I'm really interested to see where they go with it because I kind of, I, now that we've gotten this started, I know where they're going with Andor. I want to see right. where they're going with him. He's Like I said, he is just absolutely fascinating to me in terms of uh, what, he's, what they're going to do on this. All right. Me too. Uh, all right. So let's kind of get into a little bit more of it. Uh, all right. So the, after this, it is we get into the basically the nuts and bolts of the show. Andor's going around. He's trying to make. He ends up killing the guys. And he's got to kind of make a. He's got to come up with an alibi. So he's going around to some of his friends, trying to tell them what it is that he, what it is that. He needs them to do. Uh, they kind of come up with competing stories, but he goes to Bix, who is played by uh, Adria Arjona. Uh, like this character, Bix, she was she's she's a bit of a pistol, and she's mm-hmm. she is being brought on, uh, you know, as this kind of kind of a love interest, but kind of a a person that's going to be friend. I don't know what they're going to, where they're going to go with their relationship. I don't know if they're going to how long they're going to keep her around. I enjoyed what they were doing with her. Uh, what do you think about Bix? Yeah, you you can tell that she's definitely orchestrating a lot of things behind the scenes within whatever their group is there in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and you know, there's there's definitely more than what we're seeing uh, right now right. between her and Cassian, uh, and I'm sure that'll unfold in the next next couple of scenes, right? Uh, or next couple of shows. Uh, but yeah, she she's uh, she's going to be a force on this show, I think. Yeah, and. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting how, how Cassian has all of his different friends, you know, whenever he first got back from, uh, Morlana, right. he went to Brasso and told him, you know, Hey, this is where I was last night. And his friend just immediately agreed, right. Came, came up with a, a different part of the story and, yeah. you know, uh, well, that's not the type of alcohol I would be drinking. I would be drinking this and <laughs> so right. on and so forth. So, um, you know, he they, they've got a really tight knit group there. They do, and they they keep their story straight. You know, it, but, outside of a, a few others, right? Well, <laughs> like, what's, uh, like what seems to be her uh, coworker or boyfriend, uh, Tim. Yeah, Tim, who's played by James McArdle, and you know, this is kind of where and where Cassian ends up kind of screwing up because he is still talking to her and. Look, Tim doesn't like him. It's obvious from the get-go that Tim kind of tolerates him because Bix still has, you know, a friendship with with Cassian, despite the fact that he's maybe there was something in their past, maybe there wasn't something in their past, but she still has at least some some feelings for him in terms of at least being a friend. And Tim doesn't like it because it, it comes very obvious in this that 
he understands that Bix is out of his league. I mean, it's pretty obvious yes. that he, he knows that she's out of his league. So when he gets in this, this idea in his head that, that Cassian is possibly moving in on her and he doesn't like that. So that's when he hears that report about a Canari being the prime suspects. And that's, he's the one who ends up turning him in. And this is going to come back to bite him later on because this, this ticks Bix off later on in episode three. But one of the things that's interesting about that is because this is what's going to kind of like set the, the entire thing in motion is this fact that he misreads something, this interaction that the two of them are having. And because he misreads it, he's the one who ends up calling in the authorities and he's the one who ends up basically putting all this, all these things into motion. Uh, we also need to talk about real quick. We need to talk about two other characters. Dave Chapman is the voice of B2 emo, who is the droid. I've never uh, seen this type of droid, but I love this little droid. <laughs> he's one of my he favorites is. now. He's fun. Of course, he's going to be around for a, a lot and everybody loves the droids. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. Well, one of the things I liked about him is because you can tell that he is obviously not at his tip-top shape because he keeps having this Max Headroom kind of like voice-repeating thing that he does uh, right. when he's talking. Uh, he can't, you know, he, he hardly holds enough power to, to move and to get around. And apparently, you know, if he has to lie, it takes even more power for him to be able to do that. Uh, I love that so much. But the other person we want to, I want to talk about real quick is Marva. Marva is basically his kind of adopted mother. And we find out later on in episode three, how she ends up getting this role. Uh, She's played by Fiona Shaw. She's been around for for a while, done a lot of things, but I really enjoyed, I enjoyed what they were doing with the character to start with. But once we realized that, you know, she's the one who saves him on this, what we turned out to actually be a Republic like cruiser or whatever it is that, She's the one who saves him from that. And she, we say he saves, she kind of kidnaps him. But uh, right. like I said, I just still like the the dynamic between these two. I really enjoyed her character. I don't know if she's going to be in this anymore because they're leaving the planet. So I'll be interested in what they do with her. What do you think about Marva? No, I, I thought it was great. That's just like you. Yeah, I went back and watched all the episodes twice just to make sure that, you know, I completely understand the right. the the full story of it all, uh, what they were trying to build on the, on the backstory and, and, and seeing how that, that whole thing, uh, unfolded on the planet. Uh, you know, I think there's still going to be more to, to oh, yeah. unfold to that story. Um, you know, but, but you really got to see where Cassian's, uh, anger for everything mm-hmm. built and, and, and has built him along. And, uh, you know, she's probably, coached him along through all of this right and we're going to get to see more of that so i I, i'm i'm really really excited about yeah i also want to uh, point out they have these flashback scenes and what they're doing the flashback scenes i thought it was an interesting choice to decide to make it where we can't to not do subtitles so that we can't understand what these children are saying that are part of this tribe I thought that was interesting. We get the, we also get a shot of the mining that's taking place because they basically end up telling us later on that this was a planet that was being mined and it was, ends up going wrong. The planet is basically desolate at this point. So, uh, we get a huge, we get the shot of this huge mining operation that's going on where the, the, surface of the earth is, the surface of the ground has just been dug into. They have completely excavated it. But I'll be interested if they continue with the flashback scenes and the rest of this, because what they're doing is they're basically showing us the flashback scenes to show, to set up for what brought, what made Andor what he is currently. Do you think we're going to get more of these or is this the last of them? 
Well, they started off the entire series with him looking for his sister. sister right. And so I, I would assume that they are not going to stop with that storyline. That's got to come back in somewhere. Right. And how he, you know, he left the planet. Well, did those kids just continue to right. uh, be taken away from that planet? Is, is that coming back into the picture? Uh, that that's, that's the only thing that I could think right. uh, would bring continue to bring flashbacks because we filled in so much on those first three episodes. Right. Yeah, I will say there's one weakness of the show. Is the only thing I, I, I really think that's truly a weakness so far. That's like you said, they start the show off with him trying to find his sister, but we don't really go back to that or mention it at all after he ends up killing the two guys from corporate security. We don't really hear anything else about his sister. So like I said, that's how the whole story starts and we don't hear anything else about it. So like I said, are we going to hear anything else about that? Are they going to try to continue that? Because I feel like they have to, like you said, but they haven't said anything about it since the very beginning of of the show. So I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I don't know if he was just so focused on getting out of, getting out of trouble that, that they end up going back to it. Now that he's kind of escaped that they go back to it. Cause I can't see Luthen being just real thrilled with him. Like trying to find his sister at this point. I, I really no. can't. So he, he's got big plans for it. Yeah. He's got so. big plans. And I can't imagine that Luthen's going to be like, okay, your sister, I, I don't have time for you to go find your sister. Maybe that's what, maybe that's how they're going to set up some like tension between the two of them is you know, he still wants to find his sister, and Luthen's like, "I've got, other, we got other things we got to do. We don't have time to go find your sister. I don't know. I'll be like I said, I'm gonna be interested to see how they come back to that because they didn't really address it after the beginning of the show. So, um, all right, so let's get into the, let's kind of get into the third episode a little bit because, well, let's talk about how Luthen shows up because Luthen is played by Stellan Skarsgård. I didn't really know when I saw the previews. I really didn't know in the trailers. I really wasn't sure exactly what his character was supposed to be. But we find out in episode two when he actually shows up that he is the guy that Bix contacts to sell this box that that Cassian has come across that is going to get him off the planet and is going to make him quite a bit of money, pay off all these debts because he has a ton of debts to all these people. And that's kind of one of the things they're setting up is he's good. He, he has a lot of talent, but he screws up so much that he's in debt with all these people and he's, he's got to find a way to pay it off. But... Yeah. They bring in Luthen, and you know it's one of the one of the things I like about his introduction is when he's landing on uh, Morlana One, he, he has to land two miles away from it because this planet isn't really set up for this type of stuff. They're not really set up for people to make for star cruisers to come landing and do all this type of stuff. It's not as nearly advanced as the rest of the galaxy is, so he's got to find just some place to land, and he's got to make a two mile walk back into town to actually be safe. So like I said, I really like the way that they're introducing this, this planet to us, this, this gritty grimy kind of planet and Luthen, you know, we don't, we're learning a little bit about him as he is making his way into town. So he gets on this, on this transport thing and he's talking to this old man and this is where we start to learn about him. And when he actually gets to the planet, he starts talking to Bix and this is when we really find out that he's the one that is going to be buying, he's going to be buying the, the gizmo or whatever it is that he's supposed to be buying. But he obviously thinks there's something else here, and he doesn't really know what it is. He doesn't really know exactly. He's not really sure what to make of it, of Cassian because he knows what he's about to buy. Cassian probably shouldn't have come about it if in their old ways. So he, he's really intrigued by this idea of who Cassian Andor was. What did you think about Luthen? I, of course, I you know I love Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, he's just great. But everything that he's ever been in, you know, he he always brings a lot to the table. Yes, he does. Um, 
you know, he he's he's obviously going to have a gigantic role with, oh, yeah. with bringing Cassian to the the next level of whatever he needs to do, and right. I think he's going to open up huge doors to the rebellion and kind of like what I've talked about with with how things actually need to get done. Right. And, and that's, you know, good. A lot of those things that they were talking about in that scene, whenever they first met a lot of those things that he was saying, you know, uh, you know, these days will, will end, right. uh, you know, to, just to, there, there were so many things that he, that, that he was, he was saying and trying to get across to him. Um, it, all of that was just built up for what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Yeah, it is. And like I said, this is when, uh, when he actually has this conversation with Stellan Skarsgård, this is when I understood what they were, what they were doing with the show and what they were going to be, where they were going to be taking this show. It's basically going to be taking Stellan Skarsgård's character, Luthen. Like I said, he didn't really know because he basically, when he shows when he tells him when, Andor tells Luthen what it is that he has. He has this, this I don't know, like I, said, I don't know, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> they don't even take it with him by the time that the show is over. Um, right. But when he when he arrives on this planet and he's talking with him, he's he tells him one of three things. Either uh, he doesn't have the item that he thinks he has. It's not really worth that much. Uh, he's going to either, uh, he can just buy the item from him and because he's not the guy that he actually wants to talk to, or he actually is the guy that he wants to talk to. And he just needs to know, he just needs to understand. So that's the reason why he's so intent on discovering how it is that he came across this thing. And when Diego Luna's speech here about how he infiltrates the empire to actually get this thing. And he says, you know, they've gotten so fat. They've gotten, because you mentioned this earlier, they've gotten so fat. They, they can't imagine the fact that somebody like him would be able to actually walk amongst them and to, you know, uh, look them in the eyes, spit in their food, uh, all this stuff. I don't remember what all the, the thing was, but, right. ba but basically th they are so, they are so arrogant about who they are and what they do that they can't even fathom the idea that somebody like me, some low life who's never had, you know, who's always kind of just trying to get by, live, you know, meal to meal, that type of stuff. They can't even imagine that somebody like him would be able to infiltrate their, infiltrate their ranks and steal something so valuable from them. So he just, right. and that's what Stellan Skarsgård's character, Luthen is just completely bought in because he, he turns around and says they are arrogant, aren't they? And that's when he tells them, you know, if you really want to fight these guys, come with me. And it takes some convincing. And the and the Cassian Andor is just like pick, just pissed off once he finds out that he uh, he knows all this stuff because Luthen's going. He did some research into him. He wanted to find out who this guy was. He obviously finds out that his dad, which I'm assuming is the other person who was with Marva when they actually kind of like rescue slash kidnap him. Um, right. He was hung up in the streets by the Empire, and you know. He pulls his gun on him and he's got it like up in Luthen's face and Luthen is just not phased at all because he knows he's not going to kill him because he knows that ultimately, ultimately Cassian wants to bring these guys down. That's what he wants. So he knows that if Luthen can possibly do it, he'll eventually come along. He's just got to be convinced. And this is when this is when the action actually picks up. This is when the this is when most people who are just kind of casual viewers of Star Wars, if they did if they did if they made it through the first two episodes, this is the <laughs> one that they this is the one that they lock in on because this is what you expect out of Star Wars. You expect a lot of action. You expect a lot of things to take place. 
But like I said, when you watch it a second time, you see how they're leading to this, and it makes a lot more sense. I, 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 this is the third episode was just fantastic. I absolutely love the third episode. Uh, what was your favorite part of these first three episodes? Well, uh, the 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 best part, obviously, you know, the 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 fight scene was was what woke you up. Yeah, it's what woke um, you. Up. You know that 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 really got things going. Um, the but I, I think the the whole setup in the middle of town, right. the the you know the OK Corral setup, right, where yeah. all the guards are, are getting around, um, and all of a sudden Cassian you know sneaks up on uh, Cyril. Uh, you know they send send one vehicle out, go out on the other way on a speeder. Right. Um, you know that that scene was my favorite scene by far. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it, it was, it was fantastic. It was perfectly set up. Um, you know, and, and it, just like we were talking about with Cyril earlier, it set him up to be even crazier for the next time we see him on the screen. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> Cause he's got, uh, Sergeant Costick just yelling in his face, trying to get his attention. Right. And he, and he's off in la la land. Yes, he was. So it, it's, uh, that, that scene it w- was fantastic. And then even, even the scene after that, whenever they had that that uh, end and run where they were just doing a bunch of cuts to a, uh, a bunch of different yeah. people throughout mm-hmm. the city and everything, uh, that was even a great scene because it was just a, a lot of different uh, emotional setup. Seemed like it was just setting up things for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I loved all but, the cuts that you mentioned. All the cuts where they're going from where they're going from Cassian to. Present self to his self when he was getting when he was waking up with Marva. I mean, they're yep. basically like I love that part of it because they're basically parallel. Like this was his awakening as a child, where he's going to awaken to see what the universe is actually like. And this right. is kind of his awakening. They're they're the they're basically paralleling it to saying you know that scene where he was basically waking up to find out what the galaxy is really like to see what it's truly all about. Now he's about to find out what it's truly all about to actually take on the empire and to actually go after them for real. So like I said, I love the parallels that they were doing there because he's waking up and he's looking at Marva. He's waking up and he's looking at at Luthen. On I mean technically he was already awake, but I mean he's been you know ideologically awakened to what right. is actually going to be taking place now that he's with Luthen. And like I said, I don't really know how they're going. I don't know what they're going to be doing with both these characters. I've heard from Tony Gilroy. Uh, they did, they did a, the watch podcast. That's part of the Ringerverse. I'm uh, sorry. Part of the mm-hmm. Ringer podcast. He was Tony Gilroy did a interview with them and basically says, you know, it's going to be kind of like three episode arcs that they have for this show. So like we had the first three on this one, the next uh, episodes four five and six, they're going to kind of set up another arc and then episode seven, eight, nine, will have another arc. And then, 10 through 12 will close out the arc for the first season. And they're going to jump ahead to in time, a little to a little bit closer in the second season to where they are, to where we were in rogue one. But like I said, I don't, I don't know where all they're going. I understand what the show is going to be. It's going to be basically a Luthan trying to let him make him understand what it actually means to take on the rebellion and what his role can actually be with the talents that he has. And I, I'm just bought in. Like I said, I'm completely bought into the show. I can't wait to see what they're doing with it because it is so different. It is so much not what we expect when we think of a Star Wars. And like I said, I'm just completely bought into it. So, Yep, you and me too. All right. Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we do our weekly awards? No, I I, I think we covered it all. I, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot to take in. And, yes, and, it is a lot to take in. Three episodes. I'm, I'm glad that I went back and watched it twice. Uh, because uh, I think it really gave me a, a full understanding. Oh yeah, 
exactly what they were trying to do. Uh, but it's a it's a great start. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it real quick. So we have three awards that we do when we're covering a season of a show. The first one is the Tyrion Lannister, which is our weekly MVP. Who is your MVP for this week of the, the, for the first three episodes of Andor? Uh, I, I've got to go with Diego Luna. Um, you know, the the show doesn't happen without him. Uh, right. He, you know, I I really really like Kyle Solers. Yes, he's good. Character. He's really good. Um. And I like Bix. I like uh, Adria uh, Ayana. Yeah. Um, you know, she she brought a lot to the table. Um, yeah. But, you know, Diego really, really, he, he, he does his character very, very well. Yes, he does. He does a great job with his character. I, I'm going to go ahead and go with him. I thought about going. I considered going with selling scars guard thought he was really good. I considered going with yep. Kyle Soler as as. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cyril. Cyril. I thought about going with him, but ultimately these first three episodes, we uh, Diego Luna has to do his job well to completely buy into the show. And he does where he really clinches it for me is that moment when he has, when he's talking with, with Luthan about the, how he ends up yes. getting that box. That's where I think he really kind of cinched the person as, as the MVP. Uh, he really gave yep. us some, an idea of just actually who he is and all that type of stuff. So, all right, next yep. is our Agatha all along the best scene of the week. What is your best scene for this? We kind of talked about this a second ago, but uh, mention it again yep. real quick. Oh yeah. That, my, my best scene was, was that whole fight scene downright, through the middle of the city whenever they sent sent the uh sent the one ship out and, and took the speeder out the other way i went with the scene where they're actually where luthan and cassian actually meet because that is like i said that was a scene when i was completely yep. when i come like I, I like literally like sat up it's like okay this is what i want to yeah. know what what is this what is this going to be and they have to basically sell this show in this one scene because they've been setting it up for two episodes. They've been trying mm-hmm. to show us, they've been trying to show us and here's where they're, this is where they're closing the sales pitch. You know, if they're a car salesman, you know, they've been showing us the car. They're taking it for a, t- for a test drive the first two episodes. Now they've got to convince us to actually buy it. And this is where they're doing it. And I thought they did a fantastic job of actually convincing us to buy into this, to the, to the show in that little conversation. So that's the reason why I end up going with that as my act all along the best scene of the week. Yes, they did, and that that was that was my next best scene. And there's about 15 lines from that yeah, scene yeah, there that, are. <laughs> were, that were so good. Yeah, there were. There were a lot of good ones on that. Uh, next, our last award for the week is our. Uh, if you come to King, you best not miss. What's your best line for this week? Uh, the the best line I, I mentioned mine earlier. That you know, back and forth, Cassian right. and Luther, and we're just we're we're saying so much stuff that's so critical to the rest of the show. Um, you know, whenever he said these days will will end Cassian, um, you know that 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 was just foreshadowing for right. for everything for the rest of the show. So that's the that's the main one I written out, uh, wrote down. But uh, you know, when, I mean, when, whenever they were yelling back and forth, and he was just telling him, "Don't you want to fight these bastards for real?" Right. <laughs> and, I mean, just all those different things. Um, you know, and and you mentioned some of the stuff that that uh, Cassian said. I mean, they. They had a great, great back and forth. Yeah, they did. I actually went with kind of a a line from the old guy that he was talking to on that transport vehicle. I just Uh, thought this was really good because in at the very last line of episode two, 
he says he tells Luthen, uh, he says, there's a saying that I don't remember exactly what the exact line was, but they're saying that if you can't find what you're looking for here, you won't find it at all. And then as they as soon as he gets done saying that they like pan down to Cassie and walking forth because they're basically saying, yeah, he's came here for this box, but the, what he's actually looking for is Cassian, and that's one. Of the, mm-hmm. Like I said, I thought that was a really good, just the way that they, the way they cut that, and the way that they, they did the editing on it. I just thought it worked just so very well, and like I said, that line just stuck out to me. There's, there's a yes, bunch of lines. There's a bunch of lines that I could have gone with from that meeting between Luthen and and Cassian, but like I said, I think that was just really signified what the show was actually going to be about. So that's where I'm, absolutely. That's where I ended up going with it. All right, so this is our one of our midweek episodes. We will actually be doing a second. We'll be covering Rings of Power as well, but we're going to go ahead and do our the things that we are looking forward to. So what are some things you're looking forward to coming up in the near future? Oh, well, I'm going to go with something a little bit different. Uh, there's one that I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to tell you about one that just came out this week. They're, they're both uh, tied together. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the fifth American sport before. Um, but I am a gigantic fan of MTV's The Challenge. Oh, really? And the 38th season starts on October 12th. Okay. And I cannot wait. Okay, cool. Uh, it is a ton of fun. If you don't know anything about The Challenge, they're actually uh, doing a untold history right now. Uh, the first two episodes aired this past Wednesday. Okay. And it's, it's like a six-part documentary just going through the entire history, how it started back. Uh, as a competition show between the road rules and uh, the real world. Okay. And um, of course they don't really have those shows anymore. So now, right. they, <laughs> you know, they feed it in with, with uh, different shows like uh, survivor, uh, big brother stuff like that to be able to get competitors in there. Mm. Um, but I've been watching that show since it, since the very beginning. Okay, cool. And um, it's just, it's hilarious. It's a little bit of reality TV, but it's actual physical sports competition, right. and it's just it's great TV. Okay, cool. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to, I, I was struggling to come up with something, to be honest with you, uh, but when I was actually looking, I got an email from Netflix when they sent up a show and said, you might enjoy this show that we had shattered. Uh, there was a trailer for a show called The School, School for Good and Evil, uh, which is apparently based on some books that were started in May of 2013. They've been doing quite a few of them. Uh, the last one, I think, came out in 2020. Like I said, I, I'm not familiar with at all but it, the trailer of it actually looks fantastic i'm not real familiar with what the story is supposed to be about mm. but i saw this trailer for the school for good and evil it's supposed to be on netflix it's going to come out i think on october of this year october 19th i think is when it's coming out uh like it looked it looks absolutely fantastic so i can't wait to see if this ends up being like i can't wait to, uh, for them to cancel it before they end it because that's what they do with all <laughs> netflix shows uh but uh, like I said, it looks like it's going to be fun, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I don't know if it's going to be good at all, but I'm looking forward to it for now anyway. So, All right. Uh, I guess that is going to wrap us up. Is there anything else you want to add before we log off? No. Hey, thanks for having me again, and uh, y'all have a good evening. And you will hear from him again tomorrow if you tune in for our Rings of the Power episode. So if you haven't watched the Rings of Power episode 5, go watch it now because we will be covering that tomorrow. But until then, as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.